You're about to hear a life-transforming word brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church, London, an oasis for breakthrough. The focus of Trinity Baptist Church is to see people develop a Christ-like character that impacts our world. Now, prepare your hearts to receive God's word through his anointed servant. Shall we pray together? Thank you, Jesus. In this quiet, I just want you to begin to picture the majesty of your Lord and God and affirm again to his majesty that you will know no other God besides him, that he alone is a God you will serve. Affirm your faith again this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Precious Father, this afternoon, we honor you in the name that is above all names. We declare we will know no other God besides thee. We remember where you've picked us from. This afternoon, Father, I pray that as your word comes forth, let it become healing and restoration for your people. Let every burden be lifted in the mighty name of Jesus. Heal us of our fears. Heal us of our weaknesses, our backslidings, and our failings. Energize each one of us afresh this afternoon, O God. I ask for grace that in clarity and in simplicity, I will share your word. In Jesus' name, God's people shall say, Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Isaiah 40. I begin reading from verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk 
and not faith. Amen. Oh, what a word. We continue our series on the fear of God and this day I want to take for a topic the fear of God and our patience. The fear of God and our patience. The Bible makes it clear that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge wisely. And we need the wisdom of God to be able to strike the right balance between knowledge that is godly and knowledge that is sensual. For that is what will help you navigate your life through this informative, explosive generation. The fear that our God is an awesome God. That he is a God who is to be revered, a God who knows what is best for you. That you and I will fear this God and be still and know that he is in control. You see, the truth is that we live in an impatient world and we have become a generation of impatient people. We drink coffee whilst we are driving to work. We drink the coffee and at the same time also we eat a sandwich. And not only do we eat a sandwich at the same time, at, the, at that same time also the radio is on. We are catching up with the latest news. The truth is that most of the time we pretend to be listening to our children and our spouses whilst our minds are on the television that we are watching simply because we don't have time to listen. At times when our children start talking to us and our wives, we want to stop them or we just want to conclude what they are saying by saying, I know, simply because the time is too short for us. Margaret Thatcher said in 1989, she said, I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end. That is a very witty saying. The truth is that if we want something, we want it now. We can't wait. We have made ourselves microwaves. And the truth is that when we put the food in the microwave, we can't even wait for the three minutes for that food to cook. And most of the time, excuse me, while the microwave is on, we take the food out. Top is hot. Beneath hot, the middle is as cold unfortunate, you know. No wonder that stress, depression, and anxiety is eating our generation. Excuse me. It's eating our generation up. We overspeed 
and kill innocent people, especially in developing countries. We jump red lines because we can't wait. The annual cost of people running through red lights in the United States and its after effect runs to a budget of $7 billion Tell your neighbor it is well with our pastor. <laughs> the budget alone for drivers jumping red lights, the accident it causes, the, the damages each year is 7 billion US dollars. But the average wait at a traffic light is only 50 seconds. But we can't wait. Speed awareness courses is now on the increase on our country because about three years ago, I was a victim. I had to attend one because in an area where I had to drive 35, 30 mph, the camera caught me saying I was doing 35. I remember that day I was going to a meeting and I was late, but that should never be the order. But the truth also is that there are genuine people who are patient, have waited on the Lord, and are struggling. At times, many of such see life as a routine. They have done everything that is right, but still, they are not seeing their breakthroughs. Things that anyone else would do and get the breakthrough, they touch it, and it becomes something else. Their friends are getting married, unbelieving friends. But they have kept themselves, and yet no man is coming up. I want you to know today that God knows. A bishop was preaching in Ghana, and he said that, in his sermon that, there are no more virgins in the church. I, I totally disagree with him. But he said something very interesting. He said, the only virgins you find now are flying in the skies. They are aeroplanes. Very interesting. We ask ourselves why. We ask God how long. And some go to the stand of saying, why am I, why me? When will my situation change? Things anybody else will do and succeed, the moment they touch it, it becomes a disaster. I want you to know today that God understands and that God knows that he's a God who sees He's a God who has your name printed in the palm of his hands. He knows your financial struggles. He knows that you are praying and still no man has come forward. He knows. He knows the challenges of your health. He knows your family challenges. He knew Moses had to 
tend the sheep for 40 years. He knew that David was anointed the next king of Israel, but had to run for his life hiding in caves. He knows. He knows about your struggles. The injustice you are facing right now, he knows. He knows the hatred being planned against you. He knows. The only reason why in the midst of all this you are still alive is simply because he is still holding you. Hallelujah. He is still holding your life. The truth about life is that patience works for you and patience will never work against you. God knows about that stubborn child that you have. He knows about how they are picking on that child at school. The truth about God is that God is more interested in your maturity than your happiness. What are you saying, Pastor Kingsley? Yes. Because if you are matured, and God blesses you, you are more capable of handling that blessing than a blessing coming into your hand and you blowing it away because you did not have the maturity to handle it. And as such, at times, God allows us to go through some of these things because all what he's doing is that he's building character in us, he's building maturity in us. Understand, beloved, there are some seasons you can pray them away. There are some seasons you have to walk through. But either way, the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. We go to the gym to keep fit and also to build muscles. And the truth is that building muscles doesn't come easy. Keeping fit doesn't come easily. It needs tact. It needs time. You have to follow a routine. You have to be disciplined. And at the end, you just have to wait. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but there are times I wake up from bed and it's as if the four corners of the world is waging a war against me. It seems everything is fighting against me. No wonder the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 8 through to 9, he says, we are oppressed from every side. You are oppressed, but he says we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not at times you just don't know what to do. When that happens, what you and I have to do is to wait on the Lord. And at times we are perplexed, but the truth is that we will never be in despair. We will not give up. At times the persecution becomes so intense. Regardless of how intense the persecution shall become, we know we are not forsaken. And at times, Paul goes on to say, it's as if we are down. We've been struck now. 
But whether we are struck down, whether you are being persecuted, whether circumstances are crushing us, whether circumstances are making us become perplexed, we know one thing for sure. We are not forsaken. For we know that there is an eye that watches us in the name of Jesus. Never doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Never doubt it. When you find yourself in the dark, don't doubt what God has said to you in the light. And his word is light and life. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. The only reason why God can give you more is because he can trust you. Because you've gone through the trail. You've gone through the fire. You've gone through the furnace. And you bear in your body the marks. And you've come out refined, matured, and wise. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. The moment on the trials you begin to see life from your own point of view, you will make a very big mistake. Understand that God will not, the will of God will not take you to the place where the grace of God can sustain you. Anything that you are doing that is the will of God, regardless of the fairness, regardless of the challenges, the grace is sufficient for you. The will of God to remain pure, regardless of what people say, grace will keep you. The will of God to honor him in this perverted, crooked, and wicked generation. When you keep your integrity and they are saying all manner of things against you, the grace of the Lord will keep you. You see, two of the greatest gifts that God has given to us, Jesus and time. And with God, a day is like a thousand years. And with Jesus on your side, you are a winner. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? You and God are majority, regardless of those that are saying all manner of things and are fighting against you. Impatience is a form of unbelief. And it springs out of the belief that at times God is delaying. The road to success is becoming very muddy. But you see, patience is a willingness to wait on God in total obedience, regardless how long it will take. The willingness to wait in the place that God has asked you to be and at his own pace. Impatience will always tempt you to make rash decisions. The Bible says that by your patience possess your souls. Luke 21, 19. By your patience, possess your soul. 
When the Bible talks about your soul, it talks about your will, your emotions, and your intellect. But it will only take patience for you to possess that soul. And the truth about life is that at times our will is so strong, is such strong that we want to do things outside the will of God. And at times our emotions are such that we do things, we say things, and, and you know, people have literally destroyed their own marriages because they could not control their emotions. They were not patient. And one word, the husband still remembers. Forgive him Forgive her, Mr. Husband, in the name of Jesus. And some of the women, one mistake the man did. I have literally seen a woman any time in the past when she was, she literally goes out and she was so angry, went to be and killed, bought a hammer. True story. Because she was married to my own nephew. Smash the television. The pastor asked for me if I'm angry, if I don't act. And, 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 oh gosh. He said, ask for me, my anger at times when it comes, it's a little bit long. But naturally, uh, the truth is that my anger is very brief. And I said, you see, anger... And I said to her, but I have to take action. I said, of course, I've seen it. <laughs> so I said to her, you know what? Anger is like a tornado. Every tornado, it breaks seconds. But look at the damage it leaves behind. And I said to her, no, no, look, look, at, look, look at the damage, look. Uh, Pastor, I will work over time and buy new ones. <laughs> the Bible says a foolish woman tears his own house down. But by your patience, possess your soul. At times, under pressure, just keep quiet. Just say nothing. Let them say you are not wise. Just keep quiet. It takes an elephant, 21 to 22 months, to bring forth a baby elephant. There's nothing the elephant can do to change it. There are some things in life it takes time. Now, science has improved. If a woman delivers prematurely, from how many months? Four months? No, say loud. How much? Who is a midwife here? There's a midwife young lady here. Where's Doreen? 24 weeks. 24 weeks is how many months? That baby can survive. The mass is wrong, isn't it? But even that, where's Doreen? Eh? She came for first. Six months, fine. But even that, that baby, most of the time, will have to be put in an incubator. Why? Because God's order is nine months. See, there are some seasons in life you can change it. And this day, I I just want to encourage us as a church to understand that waiting on God, being patient, reminds us that we are not in control. That's all. It also reminds us of the fact that you are not in charge. 
There is somebody who is in charge of your life. That is why when the pressure comes and all manner of things are be still and know that he is God. Because patience allows God to work the best for us. But let me quickly take us through some of the benefits that patience can bring us as we continue our journey to fear God. The first benefit is that Patience helps us to give people a second chance. Luke 15 verse 22. When the son, the prodigal son was far away off, the dad saw him when he came. He said, put a new rope on him. Put a new ring on his finger. And take the fatted calf and sacrifice it as an offering for him. You see, whereas impatience makes us dismiss people without mercy, patience tells us to give people a second chance. Why? Because God did not throw us away when we first sinned. Can you imagine? If God had thrown us away, I wouldn't have been here. But for 30 good years, the Lord was merciful to me. 30. The God who gave David a second chance when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. The God who gave Peter a second chance when he denied him. John Mark at the end of the day was found to be profitable for the ministry. Many of us, unfortunately, are like John, are like James and John. When the Samaritans wouldn't accept Jesus, Lord, let us call fire from heaven. Fire! I'm telling you, there are times we have to pray fire prayers. But there are times we have to give people a second chance. The truth about love, the Bible tells us the first qualification of love is that love is patient. And for Jacob, Waiting and working to marry Rachel another seven years, the Bible says that it were like days unto him because of his love for Rachel. He was prepared to go that extra mile. And the truth about love is that love is patient. People are leading all kinds of lives. Our prayers must be that they come to know God. Our prayers should never be that Lord burn them and destroy them. In the story of the prodigal son, the dad demonstrates to you and I how we can give people a second chance. The dad every day was watching because there was only one way. So each day the dad stood there hoping and knowing his son would come back. That is a dad who never gives up on his son. And the major reason also why the dad was always standing there was that he wanted to show the son mercy because there is a Jewish law known as Kizeza. And that, what that law does is that if a son rebels and leaves a place and when that child tries to come back, they take a pot or a pitcher and they smash it in the face of that child. And they throw that child out of the city and that was it. And the dad knew that. 
if he did not reach his son first with mercy and accepted him himself and took that child home, the inhabitants of the city would cut. You see, don't just let people destroy your children. We must always give them a second chance. He knew. So the dad every day was standing watching the child and reached that child with mercy before the town could reach that child with the law. Patience always gives people a second chance. Don't let anybody write you off because God hasn't written you off yet. And don't write yourself off because God is patient with you. But the second thing that patience does is, is that it helps us to treat people with compassion. Lamentations 3.22, the Bible says, His compassion fails not. When Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion on them. Jesus and blind Bartimaeus, as he sat by the gate of Jericho and shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and attended to him. In John's Gospel chapter 9, the man that was born blind from birth, the apostles asked Jesus, is it because of his sin or the sins of his parents? Jesus, no, none. But that the glory of the Lord might be made known. Understand that at times we judge people instead of showing them compassion. At times we condemn people instead of showing them compassion simply because we don't know their story. Patient people will sit down with people and listen to their story. May we treat people with compassion. And I'm telling you that there are some people when you listen to their story, you will cry yourself. There's a Jewish legend which says that Abraham one night had a visitor, an elderly man, and after washing the feet of that man, took him in, prepared food for the man to eat. But to the surprise of Abraham, the man just started eating without praying. <coughs> so Abraham said, my friend, are you not going to pray before you eat? He says, I don't serve God. He said, huh? So what God do you serve? He says, I serve the God of thunder. Oh, really? Abraham held him up by the neck and threw him out of his house. That evening, the Lord visited Abraham and said, Abraham, where's your guest? Because I sent a guest to you today. Abraham said, ah, ah. That man, when he came, I gave him food. He won't pray. He says, he's not the God of thunder. So I threw him out. God said to you, Abraham, I have put up with this man for 80 years. And I sent him to you one night with the hope that you will affect his life. You could not bear with him even one night. You see, and, and that is the danger with many of us, the way we see unbelievers. We think we are so righteous and so super holy and, and so sanctimonious that unbelievers May the Lord have mercy on us. But patience will help us to treat people with compassion. Hallelujah. 
But patience also strengthens our hope. The hope that regardless of the challenges, that God will fulfill his word. Regardless of the challenge, that God will come through for us and rescue us. Psalm 46, 1. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And the truth is that either God comes and rescues us or whether he chooses to delay. Whichever way, our hope is still in God. And we will not bow in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. See, the true test of patience comes when our rights are violated. When, when, when a driver just, no, look, for those of us who drive, know that there are some drivers, their aim is just to tempt you. You were first at the traffic light. They come, and their aim is that the moment the light comes off, they must be at, let them go. I mean, are you going to stay there forever? Let them go. And there are some who have become experts in stealing people's parking spaces. And only last Friday, a lady, I was parking. I, I, you know my, my, my truck. I had to go forward and take my time and park. The woman came forward. Got off kicking. Off she goes. Never even turned back. What do I do? Do I get off my car? Go and shout and yell at her? That thing went into my bones. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! Oh, no, no, no. That thing went into my bones. And a young girl. Ah! You know, my time is so calculated. And all what I wanted to do at the gym was to go and swim and come back. I had a meeting. The lady took the park. I had to drive round and round. Well, by the time I got a parking space, I could only swim for 25 minutes. I was swimming and I was meditating on this one. <laughs> oh, mercy. Pastors can be angry too. We are also human. That thing went into my bones. Ah! But I had to control myself and not utter a word. Because the truth is that you don't know who is watching. And listen, when it comes to patience, you are the epistle people are reading. And the devil will deliberately tempt you. And the number of people who are going to... TBC, you are always on TV. Listen, there are people who know you. And even as I'm standing, they are looking at your faces. So if you are angry and somebody steals your car parking space, and you yell, and you swear, eh, eh. you know, the first thing they did is that they classify everybody as hypocrites. And the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said that because of you, the name of the Lord is blasphemed. Just be patient. Just be patient. When people pay you back with evil, when people offend us, don't let your prayer be the Lord fire, let fire burn him. 
I could have prayed the Lord, when this woman comes back and starts the car, let it catch fire. So that she will know I'm a man of God. True patience is waiting without worrying. But the fourth truth about patience when we fear God is that it helps us to renew our strength. And the truth about life is that the battles are so real. And each day we are being bombarded. Our mind is always the battleground. The devil is throwing all kinds of ideas. People are offending us. People are saying all manner of things. But the Bible says that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And he said they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. Wow, what assuring ways. Waiting on the Lord is the ability to rise above our difficulties. Like an eagle soars up above the earth into the skies. It is the ability to run spiritually without getting tired and remaining steady. It is a grace when we wait on God that we receive, when God gives us strength and revives us, that is when we receive new grace, when we are exhausted and weak in the midst of trials, when that man keeps on promising us. When are you going to see my family? Christmas. Christmas comes. William, the time is up. Oh, wait, Easter. The Easter, Christmas, five years. <laughs> and when you see this guy talking to anybody, money, you won't go, you won't come. <laughs> May the Lord grant us patience in the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, waiting on God at times also means that just be quiet. And at times, we talk too much. And at times, we ask too many questions. But the truth is that whether we like it or not, there are more questions than what? Till Christ comes back, we see through the glass. Our view is partial. We can't see through this glass clearly. And there are too many things that goes on that we will never be able to understand. But one day, we will understand it better and better by and by. A day is coming when all things will be made clear to us. But till that day comes, you and I must be patient and wait on him. Isaiah 30, 15b, the Bible says, in quietness and trust is your strength. You see, charismatics, we are evangelical charismatics. But many of us have chosen to go the the, the to the left of Pentecostalism. And we don't understand how to wait on the Lord. When we are to be quiet and meditate, we are shouting. When we are to be quiet and let God speak to us, we are shouting. May the Lord teach us how to be quiet in the name of Jesus. Because when you wait and you are quiet, that is when God begins to reveal those that are around you. 
It is difficult to read people's motives. But when you are patient, their motives will come out. Are you hearing me? Because one thing that waiting does is that it forces the truth to come out. But the fifth truth about patience is that it always provides a better ending. Tell your neighbor it will be well. The end of a thing is better than its beginning in Ecclesiastes 7, 8. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. That is when God turns rejection into direction. That is when the Judases begin to hang themselves. That is when the Peters begin to repent. The John Marks become stronger. And the Pauls become the apostles and the pillars of the church. That is when the Jobs begin to receive their double portion. The truth about patience is that it always provides a better ending. You see, nobody in life can succeed without patience. It's a virtue. And you just can't do away with it and succeed in life. May the Lord have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. But the truth, let me just do the last one. The truth about patience also is that number six is that it helps us to inherit God's promises. There is nobody who has been patient and waited on the Lord but never received the promise. Hebrews 10.30 says, the Bible says, For you have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hallelujah. And patience, the truth about patience, as we wait on him and the promises come, is that we receive power. Saul said, I forced myself and did it. And because of that, the kingdom was torn away from him. Abraham forced himself with Sarah, and at the end, we had Ishmael. Because of their impatience, Samson was so impatient, could not wait to marry the right. Any woman he saw wanted it ended up with his eyes gashed out. Moses, because of the memories of the people, lost entering into the promised land. But let me end this message with a story. The story, this story was sent to me by Pastor Alfred Nyamiche. It is a story of a deer, a hunter, a lion and a river. It is said that in a forest, a pregnant deer is about to give birth. She finds a remote grass field near a strange flowing river. And it is said that the flow of the river was so strong, so the deer felt this is the safest place for me because no crocodile can live in this High torrent river. This seems a safe place for her. Suddenly, labor pains begin. At the same moment, dark clouds gather around above and lightning starts a forest fire. She looks at her left and sees a hunter with his bow extended pointing at her. To her right, she spots a hungry lion approaching her. What can the pregnant deer do? She's in labor, remember? Will the deer survive? Will she give birth? 
to the phone, the baby deal? Will the phone survive? Or will everything be burnt by the forest fire? Will she perish to the hunter's arrow? Will she be strangled and mauled by the lion approaching her? She is constrained by the fire on the, on the one side, the flowing river on, behind her, and boxed in by her natural predators, the lion and the hunter. What will she do? The deer decides to focus on giving birth to a new life. And as she pushes, suddenly lightning strikes and blinds the hunter who releases the arrow which zips past the deer and strikes the hungry lion. It starts to rain so heavily that the forest fire is seized by the rain. The deer gives birth to a healthy fawn. You see, in life too, there are moments of choices when we are confronted on all sides with difficulties. Do we act on our own and make hasty decisions or do we keep still and know that he is God and do that which he has called us to do? The priority of the deer in that given moment was to give birth and to give life to a baby fawn. The rest was not in her hands. Any action or reaction from her to have changed the focus of giving birth would have likely resulted in death or disaster. May I encourage us to remember that if God's eyes are on the sparrow, then his eyes are also on you. May the Lord himself fight your battles for you. May the Lord himself show himself strong on your behalf. May the Lord come through for you. As you and I continuously like this dear, focus on what God has called us to do and become patient. Your business will pick up in the name of Jesus. Your health will pick up in the name of Jesus. You will pass that exam in the name of Jesus. Your condition will never remain the same because you serve the omnipotent, powerful, all-knowing God. He will come through for you in the name of Jesus. And can I get a witness today? Amen. You've just heard God's word brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church, London. We pray that this word will impact your life in a tremendous way. You are welcome to share your testimonies, prayer and counselling needs with us. Do visit us or write to us at Trinity Baptist Church, 2 Thornlaw Road, West Norwood, London, SE 27 OSA or call 0208-766-7732. Thank you and remain blessed.